You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. I'm really excited to welcome back on the program Alison Halexa, who is our first guest uh, of the week. And today we're talking about emotion, the emotional aspects of money uh, and uh, why is it so hard to sort of talk about our feelings and why is it even harder uh, to talk about money? Um, so this afternoon we've got Alison Halexa, who's a psychotherapist and head of corporate psychology at the OTMP Mindworks. Uh, Alison, welcome back on the program. How are you doing today? Well, thank you so much for having me again, Noreen. It's great to have you back on the program. So um, you're a therapist. You know, why are you here talking about money? Yeah, good question. What, is, what does a therapist have to do with money? So right now, Noreen, money is really a topic that so many of us are worried about, and really for good reason. So whether we're concerned about the possibility of building savings or even losing a significant amount of our savings, it seems that security, at least in the form of money right now, is anything but a given. The recent pandemic, right, changing political landscapes have caused some of us to really be concerned about whether our jobs or our positions are relevant anymore. And with that, we start to kind of psychologically implode and wonder if we're even relevant anymore. The stock market's been a wild roller coaster. We're enduring hefty healthcare costs in many parts of the world. And there's just a general sense of instability right now. So with this, Noreen, psychologically, I'm hearing people come in every day with huge questions around their future, whether they're gonna have enough money to get to where they wanna go. And this really does impact their well-being. So as you mentioned, I work both as a therapist at OTNP doing counseling with individual adults and couples. But in addition to this role, I also help head the corporate psychology practice. And so I'm really straddling both the therapeutic and corporate spaces. And in both, so in both the therapeutic space, but also corporate space, most of my clients right now are talking about something that has to do with money whether it's, again, around savings, whether it's around redundancy, whether it's about their family's well-being, whether their dreams are going to have to be put on hold or, or, or be blown up or kind of reimagined, people these days are talking about money, and especially as it relates to their psychological well-being, I would say every day I come to work. Yeah. Uh, you know, they often say money can't buy happiness. But, you know, in this instance, it, it's a very practical, um, it's a very, very practical tool. And in times of uncertainty, you need money, you, you need that buffer. And you know, you've got to pay the bills, you've got to be able yes. to keep the lights on, as as you mentioned before, as before the chat. Um, I mean, it has this practical value in society, and a lot of sort of a, a symbolic value for, for individuals. Um, how would you say is this connected to their emotions and psychology as well? Yeah, so money, you know, even before the pandemic, right, and even before things were were upside down, money has always been symbolic. So you're absolutely right. It has a practical value, right, insofar as allowing us to transact, right, and to be able to move through society in a certain way that's that's valued. But as individuals, I have yet to meet a client, Noreen, who, or really anyone, right, I've ever come across who doesn't apply, even on the subconscious level, some kind of symbolic value to money. And for some people, that spans many dimensions, the symbolic value that they ascribe to money. And for other people, it's a simple kind of one level, 
value, but there's always something symbolic as it relates to our relationship with money. So money, again, right, has that practical value of allowing us to transact. And with that, it does reflect a certain level of power, right? And by power, all I mean, Noreen, is the ability to get to do things, right? And unfortunately, money is something that does allow us to be able to do many things. So with money, right, it's, yes, often linked to happiness. And the studies have consistently shown that people just need, quote, enough. And once they reach that point of having, again, in quotes, enough, then their psychological well-being often doesn't really increase insofar as increasing happiness. But again, we know that money does allow people to have a certain amount of power. And with that, people do sort of lean on how much they have for their psychological well-being. I, of course, help them unpack right where, where that comes from. And it's often rooted in family history, right? It's often rooted in ideas that they've had around power. Because again, so long as people have enough, right? And it's, it's all kind of individually defined what that word enough even means. We know that it doesn't bring you more happiness. But right now, what we're seeing is people are going into survival mode right and so that's really causing a lot of anxiety and a whole other host of emotions yeah um, very interesting Alison you brought up power with it and perhaps this is a topic for another time but a lot of the times yes. it comes into play um, between couples you know who, who oh, yeah. makes more money and and how that might affect the dynamics of individual uh, of, of uh, the relationships between couples but maybe we'll, we'll save that um, you mentioned just now about the emotions and how, how it shows yeah. up um, uh, for people um, I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of clients I mean what are they feeling when they lose a lot of money or when there's that uncertainty um, and yeah what have you heard so far yeah so just a quick point that you made on the couples because it actually relates to this question in terms of the emotions that people feel is that actually in in this pandemic I've seen many couples where one person was the breadwinner before and in the blink of an eye that has changed right Pe couples where one has really leaned on one salary and it's, you know, they've been made redundant or something's happened. So there, there is a very interesting conversation with what you brought up. Now, as it relates to specific emotions, right, that, that show up for people when they lose money or, or, or something changes in their financial landscape, is people often feel quite a range of emotions, but they usually kind of hinge more in, in the anxious, confused, and shameful space. So a lot of times people's dreams feel like, again, they may never happen or they have to start to reimagine things. And for most of us, when we've kind of, you know, put our, put our, um, you know, flag in the ground somewhere, we want it to stay right there. And we think that we have a clear, clear goalpost. But when that changes, right, when there's been a redundancy, when there's been a loss of money, when there's been some threat to the finances, it's often a lot for the mind, right, and the psyche to comprehend which for most of us really makes us feel quite anxious. Now, with the proper support, of course, I see that the anxiety is sometimes, you know, can serve as a springboard for reevaluating what people truly value. And I can often help them kind of put that, put that flag in the ground in a different space and in a soil that's usually kind of more authentic to what they really want. So a lot of people, when there is that financial threat, there's a whole group of people right now, obviously, they're just in survival mode. They don't have the privilege to kind of reevaluate 
what they want in life, but for the people who can have that conversation, it can sometimes be really powerful to just push pause and say, look, you know what, where, where was I heading? And was that really what I wanted from my life? Or is that what my mother told me I should be doing or what my father, you know, did in his life? And that's what I feel I should sort of echo. So the emotions often can really be a springboard for a further conversation. And for those people who really are keeping the lights on, who do have families with, with mouths to feed, sometimes what we do during Noreen and therapy is just try to make sure that the anxiety is manageable. So we don't often get it to zero because if there is a real threat financially, that can be overwhelming but we try to get it to the point where it's manageable. Absolutely. And I think it also depends where you are uh, in life and which stage you are. I, I think yes. for, for uh, we were talking before we started, you know, about the airline industry. Um, you know, I, I've, I've seen a surge of uh, Instagram shops because a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, air hostesses, um, uh, flight attendants, they um, they uh They've been made redundant and they no longer have have their jobs and they've been starting uh, internet bakeries or internet jewelry shops. And so there's mm. that surge. But then you've got, you know, when you have lots of mouths to feed and, and a family to support, you don't have the luxury. And when you put your other your 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 spouse into the equation, what if he or she is also facing uncertainty with their jobs? So there's it just sort of magnifies um, a, a lot as well. Um, so what kinds of support uh, is sort of helpful for these people, you know, in navigating these um, experiences but when they lose money and, and savings? And as you mentioned just now, these anxieties are relating to money um, and also really the prospect of perhaps being made redundant. Yeah, and I'm glad that you, you know, put in the question around redundancy because we are seeing right now, Noreen, really a huge second wave in Hong Kong. So you mentioned, of course, with the pilots, but there are other industries, including, you know, some spaces within banking and otherwise where we are seeing that second wave. So I'm glad to, to, to answer that. So just as we spoke earlier, right, about the emotions related to money. I think with that, therapy can often be a very helpful space for people to really understand, okay, what is their narrative around money, right? What's the literal narrative? In other words, what are they using it to practically support in their life? But what symbolically, symbolically right, back to that question of, of money as a symbol, what does it come to mean in their life? And do they want to try to ascribe different meanings? So another thing that therapy can sometimes do is to help people to hopefully reduce any shame or judgment they might feel about their changing financial landscape. So I have met people who do not speak about finances with anyone, including their wives or husbands. They don't speak to anyone except for HR, right? And that's usually a very kind of practical conversation. So sometimes when people are facing financial challenges or when there's the prospect of being made redundant, speaking with a therapist can sometimes be a non-judgmental space where people can finally kind of acknowledge that money has a lot to do with our emotions. So the other thing that people often benefit from, Noreen, so that's kind of like the more emotional stuff that therapists can help with. And again, I think quite importantly, reducing the shame people may feel but what I also tell people is that sometimes what can be most helpful can be practical help, right? So speaking with a career coach who can really help to kind of navigate paths going forward. 
because as you said, right, some people do need to keep the lights on and are not right. Don't, don't have the luxury of baking sourdough bread for hours on end. And they need to put their heads down, but they don't know where to go, especially if they've leaned on a very specific career like flying or like doing something that's very skill based. And so sometimes what I do is that I say to people, look, I'm going to help you kind of emotionally navigate this. And I tend to think of myself as a as a fairly practical therapist as well. But sometimes you really do need to seek financial advice from a financial advisor. And so an excellent one I often recommend in Hong Kong is a woman, Jessica Kuchera, who works at the capital company. And she helps people navigate all types of you know tricky financial situations. And I often read sometimes tell people, even if they smell a redundancy down the line, right? Even if there's no hard evidence that it's happening, is to speak with an employment lawyer, even if it's just for one session. And one I particularly um, like working with in Hong Kong is a partner at Lewis Silken. Her name is Catherine Weaver. And just get the practical information because there's so much misinformation people come into the therapy room with that causes them a load of unnecessary anxiety. anxiety so yeah. huge amount. I, yeah, I can. I can just imagine thinking, "Oh, you're gonna. Am I gonna be made redundant? Are they gonna leave? Are they gonna lose me?" And then, and yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit more about the benefits of seeking advice from from different people about finances, in particular. Um. Are there you know specific people that we can talk to? You mentioned just now perhaps a, a career coach. Um. But that's not linked with finances. Should we be speaking to our banks? You know what. Sometimes I even tell, ask people, you know, if you want to leave the therapy session early to call the bank, if that's going to really help you more than I will from the anxiety, let's do that, right? Yeah. Let's be creative and have you speaking with the financial advisor when it's necessary, the career coach when that's necessary, to the employment lawyer when that's necessary. And when you're asking about the benefits, the biggest one, right, is really just freeing people from what is often this self-torturous and self-injurious anxiety that we put on ourselves. And not for any bad reason, but often many of us don't really have a clue of where we stand financially. Some clients I have don't even know how much money they have in their bank account or you know what their monthly expenses are. So sometimes sucking out the guesswork from people can have a huge impact psychologically. And sometimes, and this is a bit uh, paradoxical, that one of the emotional benefits, Noreen, of seeking advice and really getting some practical ways to navigate these, these tricky situations is sucking the emotion out of the process, right? So it's almost trying to erase as much as we can that sense of, you know, anxiety or loneliness, right? That's another thing people often feel when they are, when their finances suffer. And so, for example, like if we look at redundancy, it's many things to many people, but the law has a lot to say about it in an objective way. So that would be an example of trying to suck the emotion out purposely so that people can step back and they can be more generative in their thoughts. Because when we're anxious and when we're spinning around with we've lost all our money or we'll never get a job and we have these extremely limiting thoughts, it can sometimes really imprison us. So the practical advice right, frees us from that guesswork and hopefully can restore some sense of self-efficacy and some sense that with the right support, 
right? We can restore that belief in self and it may be difficult, but there is always a way forward. Absolutely. And don't avoid the problem. I know sometimes it's easy to just, you know, seek avoidance because it's just easier to not face the problem. But, you know, it snowballs and it, it, it will get worse. So nip it in the bud. Alison, um, are you Absolutely. doing any talks on this uh, in, in the coming uh, weeks? And um, how can our listeners find out more information about you? Um, have you uh, got a website as well? Yes. So actually, next Tuesday, Noreen, Jessica Cuchero, who I mentioned is one of the partners at the capital company, she and I are giving a talk on people who have lost a significant amount of their savings and how to emotionally and financially navigate that. And then on December 8th, I'm actually doing a talk with the employment lawyer I mentioned, the partner at Lewis Silk and Catherine Weaver. And we're going to be talking about what to do if you are being made redundant or there's any prospect of that happening. They are free talks and f please feel free for anyone who's listening right now who wants to join. It's going to be by Zoom. We would love to have you. So you'll have the advantage of not only the therapist showing up, but you'll have some really juicy practical advice from the financial advisor on November 24th and on December 8th with the employment lawyer. Excellent. Well, Alison, thank you so much for joining us once again. And uh, we've been speaking to Alison Halexa, who is a psychotherapist and head of corporate psychology at OTMP Mindworks. Thank you very much indeed for your time once again. Thank you, Noreen.